and you can live in the day. Welcome to the show. Man in the Making is, um, we're a show, uh, a podcast about philosophy, psychology, uh, self-betterment, all that good stuff. This is our 71st uh, show, I believe, or 72nd. 71st. So very happy to have everyone with us. And, and Rokas, how's our, how's our downloads improving? I haven't asked you um, in a while. So in a few days, we'll be hitting 10,000 downloads. Oh my God, fantastic. Okay, so let's begin. Uh, my first question is, what kind of different meditations are there? And in what cases would you recommend using which? Oh, man, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of people, they, they ask, um, how do you meditate? Not, not which style should I meditate in? I don't know, that's tough. We we were we're biased because we're trained in a in a specific type. Neela, have you have you? I'll, I'll ask another question to seek clarity. Have you changed your meditation style? Um, no, it's just gotten simpler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like to Rokas's question, it just depends on what you're you're looking for out of a meditation. Right? Like okay. if you're like as monks, we were taught to like go in and seek the light and like God. And, uh, you know, in this, we were in there for a good hour, hour and a half sometimes. Um, so it, it all depends, I think, on what you want. Are you just seeking some sort of like inner like peace or do you want to go deeper? Do you want to resolve certain things within yourself? Um, I like that. A lot of meditations can be like, more or less like self-reflection sessions too. Um, I, I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. Or... That's it. I was just saying that the other day. Uh, I think I was saying that to Rokas or when we were on Clubhouse doing the morning uh, breath work. Uh, I was saying if you've got, if you only got a few minutes, you'd stop right here. You would have just done that like mm -hmm. inhale and exhale. So if you only have a few minutes, uh, you only need to just pay attention to your breathing real quick and yep. move on with your day. If you have longer, then that changes the, the, the meditation quite a bit. Cause yeah, for sure. Like you, said, you can start to self-reflect. You can start to internalize. Um, you can actually go after mental, mental barriers, like thoughts. You can go yep. deeper into the thought, you know, yeah. I, um, when I first got out and I started to record myself meditating with people, Mm -hmm. I created, I don't think the monks taught me this. I always say I created it, um, but you can double check. I think I created something called mental office where um, I, I bring someone through the colors of the chakras, but um, with, with objects in a room. Oh, that's good. So like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start breathing and everything and adjust our posture. And then, uh, since red is the, is the color of the Muladhara chakra, we, we visualize, um, a red chair, right? So we're sitting in a red chair and, uh, and then orange and yellow, et cetera, et cetera. And, and a different object in the room is that color. And I ask them to 
not only visualize them being in the room, but, but that object being there and full of that color. Um, and I found that people really had success with that instead of applying the color to a body part. Yeah. To like a solar plexus, to their heart, green, you know, uh, blue. Um, and that was my first uh, introduction into Shum. That's how I introduced people to it, to get better at, at visualizing color. I forgot, I kind of forgot about that, actually. I just put it in the academy and, and haven't taught it since, but I, I will end up teaching that again yeah. on this retreat in, uh, in August in Southern California. Um, but yeah, that's a different style, just different visualizations, um, different breathing techniques. Rokas, as you know, now, there, now there's, there's three breathing techniques that I know. Um, there's the uh, Neela. I was teaching some people the um, uh, where we squeeze a body part. I think it's called Nimreh Nimling. Uh, squeeze a body part. Yeah. Let it go. Actually, somewhere close by. You you have you, which book do you have? I have the Shum book. Uh, one second. The the fifth uh, or the twelve? Uh, yeah, this one. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. And then this, what was this? So there's different types. What would we recommend? Yeah. So it's based on how much time you have. In what situations? Yeah. And and what you're trying to achieve. And, yeah. and actually, I say that a lot to people. What you know, and and I I give the same example that that Neela gave. The monks have a different standard of meditation that most people don't really need. Most people don't need to understand enlightenment they need to understand how to lower their blood pressure they need to understand <laughs> yeah. how to control their, their emotions in a fight with their spouse or boss or whatever. Um, and daily breath work is probably more effective than like daily enlightenment training. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's how I, I train people when I teach meditation. It's like this yeah. very simple, just, you know, the first things first, you know, you got to kind of like clean your basement and get everything ready. Um, and yeah, by breathing, you kind of naturally just calm yourself down. And like that, like Rajan said, those types of meditations are good for just day-to-day -day life. Unless, yeah, you don't need to strive for enlightenment every day. But most people, like a woman I know, she's has anxiety attacks like every few days and she's oh. a wreck and you know we're trying to teach her how to breathe so she can just like calm the hell down yeah and she needs to <laughs> um, so yeah i would so it's the, simple for her it's like you know yeah you can try to like, count your breath for the first time in your life yeah and you can't even bring her into like seeing a red chair you know no because she can't do it no um that's a whole other like realm that's that's like if the physical body is okay like then you yeah. can go into your mind yeah. so like what we do um is uh to get closer to your mind i bring people through their skin like like internally uh uh take your awareness and internalize it towards the you forget about the room go into your skin like the blood flow the tissues the skeleton um 
and that'll like give you a, another sense of, of a, a different realm um, and a way to kind of, maybe it's like um, a road, you know, it's like an alternative route to the mind instead of just going from breathing to mind, maybe, maybe go through different, uh, different avenues, different directions to get there. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of what I hear too, is people can't, they keep thinking every time they sit down, either they fall asleep or they can't stop thinking. Yeah. I think what Rajan is saying too, is that this will give your mind like a realistic focus instead of like visualizing like orange on your or red on your muladhara chakra and like you know that's a abstract what, concept what, what the hell does that mean yeah yeah but um breathing everybody knows how to breathe uh everybody knows what like warmth feels like on their body uh so those are like some simple things that that kind of take you out of the mind and and get you to yeah yeah, you want to come through the mind through, through the back door, not through the front. The front, the front of the mind is like all the thoughts are ready and waiting. <laughs> They're like, get them. <laughs> yeah. The back door, you, you sneak in into the mind and uh, see what it's all made up of, and uh, the thoughts are like they're none the wiser. But yeah, that's for that's for someone who's um, kind of like we learned someone who's um, not, what's the word, not settled, but someone who's kind of mature enough to where they don't have panic attacks. Like yeah. the other day, you know, that's yeah. a different level. So, so you have to wreck. So that's one of the things that pissed me off about um, the, the, the field we're in, like you have people, that are just diving right in training people at their deepest level because that's all they know and it's like you know you hear people all the time hey i spent eight hundred dollars on this <laughs> this workshop and uh like no one helped me it was really hard blah 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 and i'm like yeah because they don't essentially know uh, a whole lot that's all they know um and you have to cater the dip, the challenge in our field is you have to cater to the individual on a large scale. And, and that's, that's not easy to do. So you have to have multiple approaches and um, you know, I guess the monks, uh, that's why it took, it took us. So my, my class of, of three people, it took um, what, nine months of training before we were allowed to join the monks and we were all, we were all waiting uh, for Nandi because he he had trouble sitting on the floor for uh, forty five minutes. So, so it was like, well, okay, until he gets it, we're not we're not moving forward. We're not going in there. And um, that was a smart smart decision. <clears throat> I, I I ended up appreciating it later too. Uh, because getting the basics down of color memorization and things like that was really necessary. But people don't, you know, they're, they're not in school anymore. They're not, in, unless you have a dedicated student who's like, uh, you know, tell me from the beginning and I, I'm in it for the long haul and I want to learn shum, which I have had guys like that and, and gals um, learn shum all the way for, you know, study for a year straight. 
um, Paul in Chicago, uh, he knows he knows uh, almost as much as I do in Shum. And he, he practiced writing it out. He recorded our sessions. He um, practiced writing the, the characters and the colors. And um, he created like a computer program to catalog Shum words and stuff. And it was like, holy crap. <laughs> That's what Gurudeva was doing, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like years before he died. Yeah. He was doing that exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. So when you have someone like that, give, I throw everything at them. And I, uh, I even started to create Shum meditations for him. Like, you know, <laughs> after Kaif, what do we do? And, and I was like, okay, well, I, my, here's some of my favorites. Um, and then you can, and then I would give him all those advanced words and say, you can, you can, you can change the meditation. You can, if you're seeing any kind of moonlight glow in your head, well, then you can go there. Um, and if you want to focus on the, the spine that day, you can go from Kaif to Simshun BC to back Kaif, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So now he has that. Um, but that was daily. That was Monday through Friday for a, a good year. That's so, but that's rare. That's, you're not, and I, and I, I, I actually met, I went to Chicago and met with him um he's an irish guy great guy uh, catch up with him every now and then now um but there's another way to answer your question rokas and that is um there are uh, several famous meditation techniques um number one there's the there's the one that you'll learn on the path if you go down that route of meditation there's the cognitive behavioral therapy route which is ramana maharishi um who am i okay so there's self-questioning that's kind of one of the basic routes that everyone finds on that on that google search is is who am i and you it's it's just this, a self-questioning meditation technique that that those those followers of that school that's what they do they sit down and they ask themselves that, who am I? And the, the blank aspect of that question is what draws them into um, mental peace, you could say. Uh, the other famous school, I think, is called Vinyasa. Neela, do, do you, uh, I haven't, I've, I've looked into it a little bit, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a series of, of breathing techniques, right? Um, I always... I learned vinyasa as like a, a particular uh, hatha yoga flow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all I know. Of vinyasa. Oh, I'm sorry. V uh, vipassana. Oh, no, I'm not familiar with that. I was just looking up shum meditation too. <laughs> vipassana is the, is the, like the main uh, common one in America right now. Okay. Uh, and I'm spelling it wrong here. Okay. Vipassana, um, literally meaning special, super, or seeing, is a Buddhist term that is often translated as insight. Um, well, that's just about the word. That doesn't tell me about the meditation. <laughs> so I, when I looked at it a few years ago, 
Oh, okay. So it's a type of emptiness meditation in the Theravada tradition of Buddhism. Oh, okay. Uh, it's to get to Buddha nature. So this is Vipassana is going to be on your Google searches. It's going to be one of the main things that comes up because Buddhism is very popular. Um, in, you know, you're not going to find like Hindu techniques and stuff until you start learning about the yoga sutras. And it's a, uh, it's also, I think there's also some self-questioning, but there's mostly like emptiness, like Buddhists, you know, that's their main gig is, is to seek a void. Mm -hmm. So you have the uh, Maharishis um, self-questioning, you have the Vipassana and uh, let's see, there's one more main uh, technique or style i mean honestly headspace is like another style now mm -hmm. which is just a guided meditation yeah i think a lot of what people consider meditation these days isn't like how we were traditionally taught either it's more of like a i wouldn't even say it's a meditation it's more of like a just guiding your mind Type of thing. It's, you know really it's it's um attention and observation <clears throat> it's it's like yeah. the two steps before meditation yeah exactly um it's it there's like the guided meditation the apps and everything that's going to that's going to bring you through a preparation um and then ideally you kind of get to a calm state of mind to where meditation probably happens naturally yeah. um but there's probably going to be water in the background and or birds or something like that or flute and yeah. we were we're we're trained in a very strict school uh where purist you know it's like there's no there's no sound when you're meditating and, and there's yeah. no or there's i should say that there's no external sound when you're meditating yeah. you, you don't hear anything in fact you you actually don't breathe at some point and it's amazing because once you come back, your mind comes back into that. You're like, oh, I'm not breathing. Yeah. But consciousness like is supposed to dissolve. Yeah. It's a it's a interesting feeling. So like, the what you're gonna find with uh, other other schools online is that it consciousness is guided by a an external stimulus, whether someone's voice or um, a sound, uh, nature, things like that. And, and we did that too, right? We were guided by Shum. But then when the meditation started at Kaif, we cut off, um, we cut off stimulus. Yeah. But we were, so, but we were real big into preparation. But I think with most styles on, on meditation apps, you're going to find just preparation most likely. Yeah. I think, I think the, 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 the big difference too is that, Yes, we ours was a guided meditation, but it's not like we like followed somebody. Like we were just given like signs, like so to speak. Like now you're doing this, and then 20 minutes later, now you're doing this. Um, whereas like like my head space or mind space, the apps, whatever. Head space. What yeah, like and they have the music and everything and the people talking to give your mind something to latch onto, to like follow them. 
you know yeah but we were just given like a sign basically and then and then that was it yeah Every now and then. It, that, yeah it was like it was up to you to to um explore that inside yourself yeah no one was holding your hand so to speak um uh, the other the other main thing uh, is transcendental meditation. Maharesh, Mahar, uh, <clears throat> Mahesh, oh my goodness, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Are those the guys that float? Uh, nope. The guys that float, like jump in lotus posture and like jump. Yeah, around. I thought those are the TM guys. Are those the TM guys? I think I, so. Yeah. I thought those were the those are the Osho guys. Oh really? <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the Osho documentary on Netflix? Yeah, is that with uh, Rajneesh? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, Wild Wild Country. Yeah, yeah. That is such a crazy documentary. Speaking it, of that, what about the guys that live next door to us in Hawaii? Remember those guys? Yeah, I do. Um, I forgot what they were called, but the. Uh, Adi. John. Adi, wow, yeah, they're 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 centered in uh, Fiji. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that guy is no longer alive. I don't know if that's actually a thing anymore. Next, I don't know. I guess it is. These things live on, you know. All I know is that the lady used to come out and yell at me when I was messing around in the parking lot. That's all I know about them. There you go. Not very nice people. <laughs> the the TM uh, Maharesh Mahesh Yogi. Um, Maharesh, is that it? Maharishi, Mahesh Yogi. The meditation practice involves the use of a silently used mantra for 15 to 20 minutes, twice per day while sitting with eyes closed. So the guru gives you a mantra, you know, something you say in your head or out loud and counting either on a mala uh, or, or not counting at all, just timing it. Uh, it sounds like that's the meditation um, and for us, of course, that's not quite the, a meditation. That's, that's, again, getting better at attention and observation. Um, in, in classical yoga, there are five, uh, um, well, there's eight limbs um, to Raja yoga, to uh, Ashtanga yoga. Um, and when, you, when you're around the meditation world, you're, you're, in, you're inside of five steps and the, the easiest way to describe that is observation or and attention, observation, and then meditation, uh, contemplation, and then samadhi. So a lot of focus is around meditation. Um, and that's kind of the goal for people. Um, but what they're really served is the attention and the observation part. So the first two, which, which a lot of people need, right, as we were talking about earlier, most people just need those those two, and not the not the actual meditation, because that's that's not as easy to get to. Um, and you can see here, even with TM, it you know it's such a big movement, probably because you were allowed to do something instead of meditate. And and if you were just told to meditate, like advanced forms of Buddhism, a lot of people aren't down with that. Um, you know, you get a you get an advanced buddhist teacher um he's not going to say anything to you and that's the lesson like that's the teaching and who's gonna who's gonna be okay with that you know they're gonna be like well what was what did i pay for that or <laughs> you know 
<laughs> he didn't say anything. And it's like, ah, oh, that's the wisdom to say nothing. <laughs> um, so I think, I think that's, that's kind of the main styles. Um, I, 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 um, one of my students of the Academy, um, came to me because he was a part of this kind of workshop, $800 a head type of um, system, get them in, give them the pamphlet, and then they're done five hours later, and then they're, they're trained. And he was really upset with that method. Um, and it was actually, uh, let's see, it was the, which school was that? It was one of the, um, It was one of the Hindu groups, I think, going around, um, or maybe Vipa, uh, uh, Vipassana. I'm not sure, but it really wasn't jiving. And then he got into Dandapani, um, and that wasn't really jiving either. Yeah. And he was upset that he couldn't ever talk to Dandapani, and he was like unreachable. So he contacted me, and I was and and I was right there, and so so he started learning. Um, the, the the system that I had laid out in the beginner and, and advanced medium and advanced meditation. And so he was cool with that and it worked. Um, and then he actually ended up using the Dundapani app and he was really, he liked the app a lot more. Dundapani I think has a pretty good app. Of course, uh, Neela Kanta <clears throat> lived with Dundapani for uh, what, like a, a decade or something or, yeah 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 <laughs> i i only was there for i think a year while he was there yeah year two years so yeah but he's a famous i don't i don't know if he's he's around anymore he moved to costa rica yeah he's he probably bought, made his money and left yeah um, he bought land there and, and yeah. then that's going to be his center yeah so best of luck to him, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's a long way to answer <laughs> what are the styles and, and uh, what do you recommend? Wait, what was, is that, the, that was the second part of that? Um, yeah. In what cases would you recommend using which? Yeah. So I think we covered that pretty good. You know, if you're a beginner, yeah. what, just keep it simple. Yeah, I always extend my training to people out, like outside of the meditation too. Like I try to get in some character building as well. You should, yeah. Because uh, if, if you're going to meditate and be serious about trying to meditate, <clears throat> you don't want to be like beating up dogs or something or, you know, whatever people do these days. That's not. No, I, you, I, I you always know. ask people, you know, I'm like, well, you know, you're having troubles with this this and this could be lack of meditation technique or it could be you're an asshole well exactly yeah so like so the yeah the meditation and the, the character building go hand in hand to me for me for me I mean, that's yeah. how i teach it anyway but you, i think you do pretty much the same thing too huh maybe in a different way but um yeah i mean it depends if someone so, so some people that come to me are very specific they want the meditation and so depending on uh how interested they are 
you know, there, there's the Zen mind. That's why I did the Zen mind Academy. People that want to learn meditation, it's all recorded. You can sit down with me for two months or like three months on those recordings and, and learn, learn meditation. Learning it personally is probably going to end up being character evaluation, um, you know, value, uh, philosophical outlook, you know, because the, the, the better you're going to get at meditation really depends on what you believe in philosophically. If, if you don't believe in um, the fact that you're not the body, then it's going to be difficult for you to detach from the body. You're, you're going to be, you're not going to understand those, those subtle realms because you don't have that, uh, that belief, that spiritual belief. Uh, if you, if you, um, I think a good example is a woman I trained in California while I was living in Denver. We trained twice a week for eight months and it started out as meditation. Um, but then it, it, it evolved into business practices and leading a team. And I actually started to work with her real estate firm. And um, <clears throat> it, it was like, whenever I'm meditating with someone one-on-one or in a group, it ends up turning into um, something else. It turns, it turns into like, what are we alive for? What is the purpose of everything? What is, what is the deeper aspect of why we're doing this? Like Rokas, you, you've been in, in my breath work on clubhouse Mm -hmm. for a few weeks now. Uh, It's not all the time that it's just the breath work, right? I start talking about something else and, what we're doing this for building willpower, like building willpower for what, you know, we can go achieve certain things and to what end. So, yeah, my stuff always, always evolves into, um, I mean, what it, what is it really that you're going after? And, and once you know, the meditation part really kind of comes naturally because then you stop, you stop all the mental discussions, um, and the mental discussions, I think, are really just your mind trying to get you to clarify your position in, in, in the world. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was really nice answers. Um, going back to one of the meditations, um, I don't understand how does something like a meditation where you ask yourself, who am I? How does that work? Because something like breath work, you focus on the breath, then when you realize your attention is on other thoughts, then you bring yourself back to the breath. So is it similar with the question? Instead of focusing on breath, you're focusing on on the question. And when you notice your mind is wandering, do you go back to that question or is it different? Uh, Neela and I might know more. I think you go back to the question. And so Ramana Maharishi, when he was a child, he was a he was a um, a yogi, an Indian yogi and mystic uh, in the what was that fifties or something in, in uh, yeah, it was like the forties or yeah 50s. in India. Yeah. He when he was a child, he he was a natural kind of mystic, and and one day he was sitting in his uh, he was standing in his in his living room or something, and. Uh, all of a sudden he had the sensation that he was going to die. He was, and he laid down. I'm, I'm probably botching the story. So like devout followers can hate, can send me hate mail. It's fine. Um, 
and he was laying down and he's like, okay, if I die, what, or if the body dies, what what do I die? And what am I? And uh, then he just had this question, right? What, what am I? Who am I? And uh, like in that moment, he attained a type of realization and he ended up like writing his parents. He was like, like uh, 10 or 11 or something. And he wrote his parents a note and he was like, I'm going to, I'm leaving. I'm going to dedicate my life to the path and, you know, do not find me. And they eventually found him. (laughs) His mom, (laughs) his mom eventually became one of his most devout uh, followers and lived with him at his ashram until she died. But, uh, which is kind of a sweet story. Um, So therein lies like, there, there was born this profound question for him. And then that evolved to being a profound question in general and to be the entire basis behind the practice because he was not an instructor. He was a saint. So, so people, he lived his life dedicated to his path. He, he only wore a loincloth, which is like an Indian um, underwear <laughs> system. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so he was like this, this mostly naked, you know, saint guy just meditating and, and people asked him questions and stuff. Eventually when he settled in a hut or in a building that was built for him, you know, he answered very vaguely sometimes and he would just say things here and there and give, he gave discourses, I think each evening. And all of this stuff is documented. It's actually, there's several volumes of, I think it's called Talks with Ramana Maharishi or Talks with Maharishi. And I've read some of them. They're beautiful um, question and answer series. But it's not like, here's what you're going to do. Sit down, do this step by step. It was, it's just like, you know, someone would come to him and say, why, why this or why that? And he would say, well, first, um, you know, find God within yourself and then see if the question comes back. You know, he would say stuff like that. So it's, it's like, first realize what, what you can and then, and then see if the question arises. Like, see if you've gotten wiser after you've accumulated a bit of knowledge from within. And instead of answering the question for them, you know, so that was very advanced. And, um, but he's one of those guys where, People would be uplifted by the, his presence and stuff. So anyway, the the technique stands today. He does not, right? He 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 eventually left his body. So we're le- they're left with the technique that he had that helped him. And I'm sure it's evolved. I'm sure other teachers have, have different answers and maybe different techniques. But that's where it all started for that. Um, so how is it supposed to work? Well, it worked for him. It's not necessarily going to work for everyone else, but you're supposed to ask the question that you never ask. And an insight, I guess, is supposed to arise from the question. And I think it, it probably works for some people. I mean, it obviously works for, for people, but I, I don't think it would work for everyone. And, you know, Anything else to add to that, Neela? Um, no, like there's no one one way for 
you know, everybody, because everybody's mind is different. So they're going to absorb teachings in a different way. Um, yeah, try it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to add, um, Guru Deva's Guru Yoga Swami taught, like, uh, uh, the gentleman, what's his name? Ramana Maharishi? Yeah. Yeah, he taught like that, too. Um, he had a lot Yoga of... Swami? Yeah, Yoga Swami. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He, he didn't he didn't instruct people they asked him questions and it was just very terse yeah statements and you'd have to figure it out yourself so. like he, he would say like someone would ask him something and he'd be like well it's all god yeah <laughs> yeah get yeah. out of my hut now yeah he, he had a history of being violent with people that weren't pure enough so yeah. um yeah he st- stabbed someone with a fork or something once yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. He was very enlightened, it seems. <laughs> yeah, he would, he would beat people. Yeah. He well, that's where we people. come from. The our lineage yeah. is, is that trained us is is a uh, different. They're good. They it's a hardcore kind of rough, rough uh, rabble rouser lineage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I think the monastery is an example of like some of the only like soft teaching. Everything before the monastery was just hardcore. Yeah, I think because Gurudeva wanted to reach a broader uh, audience in yeah. a way, and he himself is so gentle. He didn't really teach like that. He had fiery moments, but he didn't. He didn't teach like that. He wanted people to know why you're doing things instead of just saying, "Oh, you know, go talk to God" or whatever. <laughs> so he would yeah. explain like the path to get there. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I might have cut you off. Did you? Were you going to say more on the anything? Me? Yeah. The technique. Oh, I'm good. Nope. The uh, yeah, the self questioning. It's 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 something to try. Um, I think I've tried it. I think like I've had some attempts where I'm like, okay, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Right? Like early on. Um, in the monastery because I once you know because I, I loved reading about saints and so I mean it's yeah I don't know I'm I'm very biased towards Shum because I think it's it, it's so practical and logical it it works for the scientific mind it works for the adventurous mind and the 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 the, the innovator the you know, because you can visualize stuff. So the, it works for dreamers. Um, it ties it all together. And then it, it works for people who just want to learn breathing techniques and stuff like that. And breath work is huge right now uh, because it really works well. And, uh, but yeah, none of that stuff kind of comes up that self-questioning. You're not supposed to have like an inner voice during shoom meditation. So... Rokas, you're just going to have to try it out and see if the question comes up. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, because breath work makes sense. And so any thoughts that come, you just try to focus on to bring your mind back to the breath. So it just seemed counterintuitive that you're trying to do the opposite and actually arouse for through a question. So I wasn't sure how that, yeah, how that meditation would work which is why I asked. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, 
and and you're you're the type of mind that you have you know probably i don't know i probably wouldn't recommend it because you would get to a point where your intellect would be on overdrive and it would be like Mm -hmm. wait so what is this what is going on here what is this question supposed to bring me to like there'd be a gap to fill and and the practices that we understand and that you and i have been going through they kind of fill those gaps and it's like all right here's what you do next here's what you do next and then our rokas this would be a great time to like give give testimony so it so the breathing work is obviously going well for you but Mm -hmm. when do you find yourself naturally arising in a meditative state because of the breath work um could you clarify what do you mean by that so when we get to the end right and i ask people to just finish the long breath and, and then use that to have to be in the mind and, and stop visualizing and stuff like that. Are you able to just be still? Yeah, it feels great. And one thing I was thinking of saying was give like, let's say a minute of cool down period because it ends quite abruptly. Like I'm in a really good state and then it's like, all right, we're done. Goodbye. Uh, and it's like, I want to like have a cool down to come back into like, I don't know how to say reality, but because I don't know another word, I'll just say come back to reality. But I think, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I normally, yeah. you know, if, if we have time uh, in a normal setting, it, there's a there's a cool down, right? There's a yeah, reversal yeah. Um, for that. For the clubhouse sessions, it's like it's supposed to be kind of quick. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know could be could be a bad thing could be could be a good thing i don't know but yeah i mean uh, i recommend that you definitely sit afterwards after we log off and and go through your cool down okay cool. well that's what we're advised right neela i mean not to get up and go away yeah in fact even during like a like a like a temple puja like you're not supposed to just get up and walk away yeah it's the same with the meditation. Like you have to sit and like absorb everything. And I think that's what you're kind of talking about, Rokas. Like you want that time to mm-hmm. absorb it and kind of like ease your way back into like real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we were definitely taught that way just to be able to absorb the meditation. Yeah. Cause we wouldn't get up right away after the meditations either. We would sit for a good, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah, we have a whole system of exiting um, from from the peak position. We come backwards and reverse the steps. So I I think in a few of the clubhouse sessions, I've done some reversals, um, especially the the energizing of like the limbs, the squeezing of the limbs, uh, the nimrahnim. I think uh, that's a good way to go. I remember out. that, yeah. Yeah, use that one. Just I think that's a good way to kind of go back out. this episode is like all about meditation it's cool Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's enough for an episode as well there was quite a lot covered yeah cool yeah that was great anything else on your mind nila thanks for staying i know you had to pop in and pop out but you know i i adjusted my schedule for you i'm good wow anytime you need to do this i'm good but uh yeah i don't have anything i i need to add or want to add i appreciate talking about this stuff with you guys nice 
Yeah, it's it's kind of it's fun. It keeps me keeps me sharp in my in my aging years. So to end off, I would like to add, it was very beautiful how let's say through your you've learned a lot through Gurudeva, and even though he's passed away, you're still now passing on his knowledge, let's say to me and to the listeners. And then and then I guess I'll be passing on that knowledge later as well. So it's just even when a person leaves this world, let's say through body, everything they taught is passed down and goes on to the next generations, which yeah, is amazing. Yeah, that's that's how the the Hindu traditions are usually passed on, just like by by word. You know, they very rarely wrote books to like give to people. So um, yeah, I'm glad you're getting stuff out of it and. I'm happy to share what I have. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. 